0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Toby Urquhart. Good morning. A warm welcome to each and every one of you uh, who are watching this morning, whether you're in one of our congregations, or you're watching from uh, Church in the Home, or you're watching from further afield. A warm welcome to to one and all. Uh, Now, we've just begun a series on worship. And last week was the first of this topic or series, if you like, Uh, and it was centered around uh, worship as a lifestyle. Worship uh, in the context of our daily lives and what it means for God to call us as a worshiper and to live for his glory. And this week we're looking at what we call our acts of worship, okay? Uh, We're looking at our outward expression of worship and praise whether that is uh, speaking to God, singing, shouting, making music, uh, using our bodies, however we show our our acts of worship and appreciation to God. And this isn't just gonna be relevant for uh, us when we come here together, um, and we worship in our congregation as our church family, but this is actually relevant for us when we're in our week at home. Uh, So this week when you go away from here Um, and you want to spend time with God and you want to cultivate His presence in your life, what we're looking at today is some of the things that, that we can do there as well. And we're looking at how we can do this. What is God looking for from us as His children when we worship Him? And what does it mean for us truly to make a spiritual connection with our Father in heaven? And we felt it was really important to have a shorter time of worship at the start of this message and then this message is going to be relatively short so that we could then spend the rest of this uh, time together, this meeting, just jumping back into worship and starting to appropriate and use some of the things that we've been looking at this morning, okay? Now, some may feel like they know this teaching already if you if you've been around a while, um, and that's fine. That's that's great. It's good to be reminded of things that we've been taught before because God can speak to us in a fresh way about those. But uh, about those things. But some may feel like they they're new to the church and they've never heard worship talked about this way. So we kind of wanted to start from a, a blank canvas and start from the ground up. And kind of work it so that uh, as we start worship this year in 2022 we're starting on the same page uh, together. Now last week we were looking at worship as a lifestyle and hopefully we found out that worship isn't something that we do, it's who we are and when we talk about worship, when I'm going to talk about worship today, we're talking about worship from the heart and making a spiritual connection with our hearts to God's heart and God desires to meet with us. God desires to meet directly with each and every one of you and me when we worship. He wants to speak directly to you. He wants to tell you that he loves you, but he also wants to hear that from us as well. And God is seeking relationship from his children. And I believe that God knows that everything in life uh, is fighting for our focus and our attention. Um, These days, it's our phones, it's social media, it's uh, the presence of the entertainment industry, it's our work, our families, everything in life is fighting for our our heart's attention. And God is also looking at the heart condition of the worshipper. And in the Bible, the heart is often considered as the seat of life, Uh, meaning mind, soul, and spirit or one's entire emotional nature and their understanding, their their being. And the Bible says things like this about the heart. He will harden his heart or he will be glad in his heart or he will hate his brother in his heart or he will consider and understand in his heart. Okay, so the Bible talks about the heart in quite a, a strong way and it also says in Jeremiah 17 that the human heart is deceitful above all things and that God searches and examines the heart of man. So the Bible talks strongly about the heart and God is looking at each and every one of our hearts because he wants to be the one with which our hearts are completely given over to and taken up with. Now the Bible also talks about two covenants and the first being what we now call the old covenant and the second being what we call the New Covenant, which is what we live in now in our relationship with God. And covenant essentially just means an agreement, an agreement between God and man regarding their relationship. And under the Old covenant, specific instructions uh, for worship and sacrifice, only one man, okay, only the high priest was able to come before God in the most holy place uh, where it said God's presence dwelled, They would come before him once a year to make a sin offering, to atone for the sin of the people at that time. And this was a continual effort, okay? This was a continual process, year upon year upon year upon year. And despite this effort, okay, the people would always fall short because this system was a broken system. It was an imperfect system. And though it was the covenant that God had set up at the time, it was imperfect, okay? And the writer of Hebrews, Uh, which is a a book in the New Testament uh, also describes Jesus as the high priest and actually says that he is the great high priest. And I believe that this imagery uh, of Jesus is uh, being the great high priest is one of, if not the most important pictures or names for Jesus when we're looking at worship. And I believe it's so significant because it helps bring out a full understanding and representation of where we've come from in regards to the old covenant of worship and relationship with God. Um, where before the high priest was that connection between God and his people. But now under the new covenant, he has now taken the place of the high priest, okay? Okay. Jesus has taken the place of the high priest and he's become the great high priest himself and he's done what all of those before him couldn't do and that was to finish the work okay and that's, that's why you hear the finished work of the cross or the complete work of the cross okay so through what Jesus has done we are under and we have entered into a new covenant with him and I love this picture of Jesus as the great high priest because It not only describes Jesus uh, and the work that he carried out, but it also gives great significance to each and every one of us as his children and as his worshippers. And Jesus explains this of himself in the Gospels. He says things like, I am the door and the only way to the Father is through me. Um, And what he has now made possible is for each and every one of us to enter the most holy place because of his perfect sacrifice, once and for all, okay? So all those sacrifices throughout time and the high priests um, and and the work and the responsibility that they had, Jesus came and he said, I am now the finished work and I am the only way to the Father. Now, if Jesus is the great high priest, what is he the great high priest of? And Jesus explains in John 4, uh, with this story that we know well with the woman at the well, uh, when Jesus explaining this new order and this new way uh, to worship. He says from verse 21, he says, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. And a couple of verses later in 23, he says, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. And what Jesus is beginning to describe here, this this new way of worship, he's saying neither on the mountain or neither in Jerusalem, and he could have said, uh, no more in the tabernacle or in the temple, Um, is it the only place that you can worship, okay? That's not of importance anymore. And he wasn't just talking about uh, a shift of a place, he was talking about a complete paradigm shift, okay? Where no longer is it relevant where we worship or whether there's a, a high priest in a certain place making offerings or sacrifices for us to be able to connect with God, but the matter of worship that Jesus is now talking about is completely a matter of the heart. And there's this beautiful picture of Jesus uh, becoming the high priest. And under the new covenant, it still says that Jesus is the great high priest of the temple, but his temple is now no longer a physical place, okay? The church hasn't replaced what the temple used to be, okay? These four walls that we, we come into and we worship in, they haven't replaced what the temple used to be, okay? The temple now is referring to our bodies, and our hearts, okay? So when we say that Jesus is the High Priest, He's the High Priest of our hearts and our bodies, and 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20 uh, says this, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price, therefore, honor God with your bodies, so your body's now a temple of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ is high priest, the great high priest of. And that is why worship is now a matter of the heart. And God the Father is looking at the heart of the worshiper. Okay, and Jesus addressed this in the gospels. Uh, in Matthew, he said about the Pharisees in verse, uh, Matthew verse 15 uh, verses, uh, chapter, chapter 15, verse eight, sorry. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts, are far from me. And we wanna be those who both honor God with our lips, but also are willing to bring our hearts before God. And we know that you know sometimes it's possible to um, potentially honor God with our lips and maybe sing things or say things that we hope our heart believes as well, but actually maybe our heart is far from Him or our heart doesn't feel like we're in true relationship with God but we wanna be those who do both, who bring both together, okay? And so in the context of of worship here, when we're saying we wanna come and and worship God, how can we fully engage both our lips, what we're singing and what we're saying, and our hearts at the same time? And I just wanna help guide us with uh, a few things and, and really explain some of the things that I do when I come before God and worship Him. And the first thing that I do is to surrender. And this is something that we need to verbalise. This is something that we need to speak out and say before God. And what I do is I surrender my heart. I say, God, my heart is yours. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my my life to you, my will, my emotions and, and my body. All of these things, they're yours, God. And you've probably heard this talked about maybe as the first minute. And This is essentially what it is. We're taking the first minute of every time we come before God and we say, God, my life is in your hands. And what we're doing here is we're choosing to respond to God and make an intentional choice to worship Him as a response to who He is and what He has done. Now, the act of worship is a spiritual connection between us and the Father. And God has placed His Holy Spirit inside each and every one of us. And when our hearts and our spirits connect with God in this way, uh, that is the true worship that Jesus, that the Father desires from our hearts, honest and open worship. Um, One of the great things about using this uh, first minute is that we set aside our emotions and we look directly at the truth, okay? And I wanna just talk briefly about this because uh, the teaching in, in Kingdom Faith has always been that We don't approach worship led by our emotions and we don't meet with God led by how we feel and I think sometimes this could have potentially been misunderstood in some ways that that when we worship, we're to maybe suppress our emotions Um, or that if we're, you know, we have emotions and we're maybe angry or upset or we don't feel like worshipping God, we're to suppress and ignore that um, and just continue worshipping. But I just kind of want to dispel that and help explain that that has never been the heart behind the teaching uh, in this way. But the basis of this teaching is that we're to approach God in the light of what the truth and what he says about us and who we now are in Christ. And it's so much better to begin by declaring the truth over ourselves than to look inwardly and look at our emotions and start from there. And what God's word is there to to do is to inform our emotions and our being and our understanding of how amazing God is and what he has done for us so that we can then lead into worship by the Spirit and worship with the heart that He has given us, okay? And I guarantee if you start with your emotions in worship and you start by being led how you feel and you go down that path, you just keep going around in circles Um, because our emotions aren't what God says about us. They aren't the truth and they're actually often in total contradiction to what the word says about us. So we have this conscious decision to make to engage beyond where our feelings are at and engage with what the truth says about us. Now, in uh, Hebrews, again, there's a great passage that kind of sums that up and just explains that to us. And I'm gonna read from Hebrews 10, verses uh, 19 to 23. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Now, this is an amazing picture of what Jesus has done for us as the great high priest and how we can now approach him when we worship and our worship is always a response to God's love and what He has done for us, so we can have confidence to boldly come before Him and know that we can enter right into the most holy place because of what He's done. And Often when we take our eyes off of these things that can be troubling us, these things that are worrying us, maybe our emotions at the time, and we take our eyes and we focus them and our attention on God and who he is, who Jesus is and what he's done for us, often these things, they begin to fall away and they begin to pale in comparison to who he is. And God has given us um, you know, worship so that he can speak to us and bring peace in those situations. That when we come and we bring those things before him, he can speak peace into those situations and bring clarity with how to deal with those things sometimes as well. And one of the things that I love most about corporate worship uh, is that we each have a unique song in our hearts and a response to God. And we have musicians and we have singers, uh, you know, to help us in our worship. But ultimately, they're not here to lead us, okay? They're here to accompany us in worship. And what do I mean by that, that they're here to accompany us? What I mean is that you are the worshipper and I am the worshipper, okay? Your heart is what matters in worship as as we've been looking at. And and in John 4, again, it says the Father is looking for worshippers, worshipping in spirit and in truth not necessarily a group of people following a worship leader as such, you know, singing the latest and greatest songs that we could be singing, but each individual worshipper worshipping by the spirit that God has placed within them. And this looks like individual worship, okay? And what we call here um, singing in the spirit or singing spontaneously, spontaneous worship, okay? And we often use songs as vehicles um, which are fantastic. They help bring us together, uh, and they help us journey in worship before the throne. And songs are great, but sometimes we know that it's it can be easy for us to uh, just sing songs if we've maybe we've got three or four songs that we sing on a Sunday, and sometimes it can be easy to just sing those songs, but necessarily not necessarily think about or consider maybe the words that we're we're singing at the time. And maybe we can feel like we're just going through the motions of singing songs and and not really feel like we've actually met with God. Um, But spontaneous worship, singing in the spirit, is always from the heart. And it's where each of us just begin to lift up our own song, our own praise, our own appreciation and worship to God, beginning to pour out our own heart, not necessarily using a written song at this time, okay, but fully engaging our vocabulary, our mouths and our minds with God in worship. So, just to give an example of this, uh, if we're, you know, we're coming to the end of a song or, or we're during a song and, and you probably see us on stage, uh, playing through the music and just singing freely and maybe there's not any words on the screen as such at this time. These are the times when we're trying to create opportunity for each of us to begin to release our own song and sing in the spirit, okay, sing spontaneously. And you know, out of this time, sometimes maybe someone get a prophetic song or a refrain that we can then begin to join in with as a congregation and take us on in worship. And maybe then we go to another song and then we come back into singing in the spirit and singing spontaneously. And that's just an example. But the key thing is that in this time, we're trying to encourage free and spontaneous worship where we release what God has placed within us and singing by the spirit. Okay, so how do we do this? And I want to encourage you, if you maybe think that you'd struggle in doing this, or maybe you're new to the congregation and and you've seen us doing this, but you don't necessarily feel like you know what to do at this time, or you would have the right words to say. And I just want to encourage you, you can start simply by thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. And Psalm 100 says that we enter his courts and his gates with thanksgiving and with praise. And Though a lot of us are walking through troubled times at the moment, we all have things to be thankful for uh, before God. and. God doesn't desire, he's not looking for people with perfect worship or well-prepared things that they have to say or you know really holy people that have it all together okay. God is looking and desires the worship of those hearts who just want to pour their heart out before him and often those people are everyday people like us who are maybe broken or going through hard times but we have things to be thankful for okay. So just an example of this to start really simply if you don't know what to say you can just say this. God, I thank you for sending your son for me. God, I thank you that you gave your son and now I am free because of the sacrifice that he made. Lord, I thank you that I can now worship you freely God, I lift my hands to you. I praise you. Lord, I put aside all of these other things that I'm thinking about and I want to put my focus and my attention on you. And then you can start to begin to speak the names of Jesus or declare who he is. You know, Jesus, you're the name above all names. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, I worship you before all others. Okay. And I guarantee that as you begin to, to do this and you begin to speak directly from your heart and let praise overflow, um, it's just going to start to flow out of you. And the things that God's placed inside of you are going to begin to be uh, released. Another thing that we can do to really help is just take a psalm. Um, take a really simple psalm and begin to use that and speak that out and sing that out because they're full of, of just praise and general worship and truth and it's great, that can really encourage our spirits and lift our spirits when we're beginning to worship. Now another thing that we want to do is singing in tongues. Okay, and this is what we do when we're singing in the Spirit. We're singing in English, but we're also singing uh, singing or speaking in tongues. And the Bible says that tongues is our heavenly language by which we can communicate with God. And in Ephesians 5, it says that we can use songs from the Spirit to sing over one another and to God, okay? So when we're singing in the Spirit, we can sing in English, but we can also flow in tongues, okay? And maybe you've spoken tongues before, but you've never tried to sing in tongues. And perhaps that's something that you can start to do today when we begin to worship together in a bit. You can start to sing in tongues and you just flow between English and then this heavenly language that we have, and it's all singing by the Spirit. And I can honestly say that for me personally, I, I have never um, come right before the throne of God and have such a spiritual connection or intimacy with God just by singing songs on their own, okay? Um, There's something so amazing about singing in the spirit or singing spontaneously that really allows us to pour our hearts out in worship to God in such a way that there's an abandonment and there's a release from the limitations of sometimes the structure of a song that we can be in. And there's this abandonment and we can just release our praise and our worship to God and we're able to meet with him in such a fresh and dynamic way every time we come to worship God, no matter where we are, okay? We don't need the band or the singers necessarily here to lead us uh, and to do that, okay? They're here to accompany us, but we don't want to be dependent on them. And that's because God's glory is in you. Okay, his power and his life is in you. You are full of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing special necessarily about the stage, okay, about lights or about perfect sounding worship or singers or musicians, okay. There's a lot of emphasis on that these days in our, you know, our Western church mindset that everything has to be, you know, professional and top notch. But God. Is calling his life out of you, okay? You are the important thing, and your heart is the important thing when it comes to worship, okay? God wants to call that glory and that power and that life out of you from your innermost being, where he has placed his spirit, and he wants to draw that from you, okay? And when we worship, You're here to release the sound of God, okay? The sound of praise, the sound of joy and adoration to God, okay? His heart being drawn out of you, okay? And when we come to worship, you matter. We may come to worship as a a church family and we're all here... in a a corporate context, but we each make up the church. And that's why I was saying earlier that it's not the church, the physical place that has replaced the temple in the old covenant. We are now that temple. Your heart and your body is that place of worship before God, okay, so your worship matters. And I wanna just finish with this word that Pastor Clive used last week in the message that was uh, on the church in the home screen, which you can watch back uh, on the website or or on YouTube. And this word pros, it's used in the New Testament. It's a Greek word and it's the most common word in in its shortest form for worship. And it means to bow down or to prostrate yourself uh, and to become face to face with God, okay? And God desires to meet with us in this way, face to face. And not only that we may bow our bodies um, before him, but that we bow our hearts before him in worship. And as I said, in my experience, there's there's no better way to bow your heart uh, and to meet with God in such an intimate way than to just begin to pour out your worship and your praise to God. And that looks like, looks like singing and using songs, but it mainly looks like using the Spirit that God has placed in you and singing by a release of the Spirit. Okay, so now as we begin to move into this time of worship in a minute, someone's going to come and and help lead that time, but we really want to just give space to begin to sing freely to release that song from your heart. And maybe it just starts with simply speaking and and thanksgiving into God and then it goes from there. And maybe you're gonna get released into singing in tongues today as well and just flowing between both. But we wanted to just allow space now for us to begin to worship together. So let me pray and then we'll finish. Father, thank you for what you've done for us in ushering in this new covenant where we can now come before you so freely in worship and come right into the most holy place. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice, what you're showing us about worship, about releasing our hearts before you. Lord, and I pray that today we would come before you and set aside our emotions, maybe set aside the troubles of life and we would begin to release our song, release our song in the spirit that you have placed inside of us. Father, and you are calling your worship out of us. Lord, you're calling this sound of worship and adoration where we are caught up with you and we desire you. Father, we thank you for this time of worship. Lord, and we praise you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of glory. Now we wanna take this time to worship you, Father. Amen.